Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal! While our HBCUs are mostly known for academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! Greetings, salutations. Another episode of Fangs up here. And man, first home games underway. Uh, before we get all that started, let's go ahead and say it. HBCU Digital Network, this is home. Home to Herb Seward and the Black Techies. Also home to the Fangs Up podcast, man. So I'm ready for Saturday. I cannot wait to get in Bragg. Bragg feels like a second home. Uh, just, just personally, you know, I grew up around in and around Florida Indian University, but especially that stadium. I, I probably spent more time there than I spent a lot of other places. Not church, but a lot of other places. Uh, but today, man, Brad looks different. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. It's kind of some of the things that going on around there, going on on campus. Also, we're going to look at this cross-country thing, and we're going to look at his basketball schedule. Like We're going to look through the basketball schedule and kind of point out some games that you absolutely, definitely need to pay attention to. But uh, first, family cross country is going to be out there, out and about doing a thug thizzle. <laughs> um, so Mountain Dew Invitational is tomorrow. Hopefully they do a little something, make a little noise. Season is approaching, you know, it's apex. So cross country doesn't last forever. One of those sports kind of first start, first to end, so. Yeah, man, already. <laughs> also, family basketball. Family basketball is here. My microphone's working today. I don't know what it was doing last episode. I do apologize for that. Uh, but I got the backup ready. Uh, I didn't plug in the hardwire one. But if so, I'll run some something. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to make that work. But um, family basketball dropped the schedule. And... I've already got some questions about what games I'm going to from one of my homeboys, uh, but we got some heavyweights. Um, Creighton University, basketball powerhouse, the Blue Jays. And look, whoever scheduled that trip, smart. Uh, Creighton's in Omaha, Nebraska. A few days later, University of Nebraska. Then we play um, my least favorite agricultural school in the state of Florida, the University of Florida. Uh, that's on a Tuesday. Um, side jokes but at the same point that is going to be at it's not the o'connell center anymore but if you know you know i think it's like the, some xl something crazy like that center uh but that game's going to be there then november 20th huge home game that that needs to be a, a special event game the university of oregon is going to travel to play famu at lawson we need the hundred there for that. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. Like, don't do don't do this thing like we got with the USF game. Like, we need the hundred there. Like, I understand what USF why that happened. They're not part of the athletic budget, but this one, we need y'all there. It is a Monday night at the Al Lawson Center. Need that. Um, then, you know, we got Lemoyne Owen. That's a winnable 
hopefully. We almost lost to Auburn State the other game of the year. Uh, we got Iowa and Iowa State. And remember, Bambi versus Iowa State. Look, uh, that's got some potential. Then they're going to come down here to the crib. Well, my crib. Play UCF or Orlando at the basketball arena over there. I think it's the Spectrum Center. Could could not be. Uh, also, University of South Carolina is going to end up non-conference play before we jump into the schedule. And um, Swag, please help me with this. Help me with this scheduling because it's lazy. Can we stop getting FAMU versus BCU as the first conference game of the season? This is stupid. Like, January 6th, it's a Saturday. I'm not going to do that. Um, but <laughs> this game's going to be huge. Uh, but family plays Cookman. Now, we know next year you're going to flip that back, and that's going to be – stop it. Can we play that game when FAMU or Cookman has students on campus? Like, can we switch that, switch that with the Arkansas Pine Bluff game? Just, just, just asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. I, I will actually show it to you. So you can believe me, y'all know I don't like lying to people. So this is on the basketball sh schedule. So make me small, make it large. So first conference game of the season is against Cookman. Stop it. Nobody came to that game last year. And that game could have been such a so much of so much of a better atmosphere. At times in the past, the hundred and the marching Wildcats would actually travel for the basketball game. Fix it. Fix it, Felix. Like, stop it. Move that game, because I know you're just flipping the schedule down to where this Arkansas Pine Bluff game is. If you're in the SWAC, or you know someone in the SWAC, do me that favor. Now, the rest of the schedule, basketball-wise, I don't care about. It's SWAC play. SWAC ain't a dominant basketball game. But I do like that we end the season with Cookman. I love that. I, I want that. That's a great way to end the season. Um, but please, for the love of everything, stop having FAMU play Bethune-Cookman week one in January when no students are on campus. Move that further down in the schedule. Just saying it makes a lot more sense. You're going to make more money because I'm just telling you, FAMU fans and Mass are not coming to watch the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. We're going to watch Cookman, though. Love it or shove it. And guess what? The Cookmanites are going to come to all like the ones that are close. I, I stopped myself from being petty. Mama, you'd be proud of me. <laughs> but we, we got the basketball schedule out for the men's team. Uh, women's team, two eyes. No, no basketball schedule. So that's the men's schedule. But November 20th is the big game that I'm definitely circling. I might try to, I might try to make that trip. I might. I ain't going to make no promises. But that we'll see. We'll see. Because uh, that's that's just a great experience, great opportunity. It's just something great. And it should be some type of incentive to really encourage the students to come out for that particular night. Now, on Saturday, the Argonauts of West Florida are coming to Bragg. And Bragg looks very different. Look, we, we got the field renamed. So when you look in the middle of the field, it's going to say Ken Riley Field. When you look at the scoreboard, not the 32-inch uh, TV. 
I'm making fun of some people like my man Earl. Uh, <laughs> we ain't got the 32 inch TV no more. We we got a big boy video board, uh, <laughs> and it looks nice. It, it actually says, uh, I think it says Florida Name University at the top, something like that, or Fami Rattlers. And then at the bottom, it does say Ken Riley Field. And again, on the field, it says Ken Riley Field. And we got the ribbon boards up there. So if you don't believe me, go check out um, Kelvin from ONG Strike Zone on Twitter. He, he's been bringing some updated pictures. Don't forget the uh, parking lot got renovated. It got redone. So looks like we won't have any more potholes in the parking lot. <laughs> like, Look, it was fun making fun of Jackson State for some of y'all, but... Look, I, I made sure I didn't make jokes about potholes because, uh, yeah, I knew what the parking lot looked like at my university. I wasn't in no place to talk no trash. Um, but we also saw where it, it just looks like it's a new stadium for the most part. So next thing, hopefully, AD sites get the $8 million. Let's see if I will hit these numbers. And, no, I didn't win. So uh, you won't be getting $8 mil from me. But it, look, if I hit the numbers, AD Sykes, I'd have your back. I look, I, I had your back. We'd be down like four flat tires. I promise you. If I'd hit that uh Powerball last night, I'd have had you. But I didn't. So uh, <laughs> but West Florida is the opponent on Saturday. And the big thing with West Florida, their coach, he's not really new to this. He's true to this. I mean, you know, this is first year of the head coach stuff. But when he was at West Florida previously, they did win a championship. He, so he was offensive coordinator there. And they are very heavy as far as being able to bring in players from the transfer portal. Just go back and look at some of the players. Look through their roster. And you're going to notice a lot of athletes that are bounce backs from Division One programs. I know one, one of them I know personally. You know, he's my football son. Uh, but they defensive back, uh, Brandon Cross. He committed to the University of Tennessee, played at Georgia Southern, and he actually played with Isaiah Major at Independence Community College. And he's not the only guy like that. Like, you look through that roster, they have a few transfers from Troy, and you're able to see where this may be a Division II football team, but they have Division I talent. This team could easily join the SWAC and be in your top four or five like today. And I mean, they, we just saw what Miles did. We just saw what Central State did. I think this team right now could join the Southwestern Athletic Conference and be the fourth or fifth best team in the conference at the worst. Like I'm saying, and I mean, some of these teams in the conference, they would walk the dog with because they have that pipeline, they have the access to the talent, and if they didn't move up, they would have the additional scholarships. So it, it would be interesting to see. They do play at an on-campus stadium now, though, so that has nothing to do with us. Just a fun fact, they used to play at a baseball stadium that overlooked the water, uh, Blue Wahoo Stadium. They were sharing that with the minor league team, but stuff happens. Uh, but the big thing, these two offenses are similarly paced. Uh, Willie Simmons mentioned that in the previous week, Bambi ran about 60 plays per game going to the USF game. So really in the OBC, we ran 60 plays. We were able to slow down South Florida. I think West Florida, 
I think benefit of playing that game is you get used to another team that's going to play close to your tempo, but you're also playing against a team that you're somewhat familiar with. Coach Simmons mentioned in the 2020 club meeting or, or 220, however you want to say it, uh, about how fam you played a scrimmage against South uh, West Florida, excuse me, in 2020. I know I mentioned that as well, but there's documented evidence to say and to see kind of what you may be getting into. And they were competitive against FAMU. Like it wasn't just FAMU dominating them. So it's going to be an interesting thing. The big thing about this, and we're seeing that they recently dropped the ticket pri ticket prices. They have a $100 ticket special for family. Um, just saying, um, look, I, I saw Brother Swope at the game. I didn't get to really talk to him. But at the same point, he wasn't wrong about the tickets, especially in the northern section of the stadium. Like, those northern corners of the stadium, those need to be $20 tickets all day because they're not going to sell. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to say that with um, no facts. This is irresponsible, baseless, speculative conspiracy. But uh, them ticket sales for that first game was looking a little rough because uh, for you to drop the price in half, huh, that, yeah, some of the tickets are like $20. And uh, hopefully the message is uh, sent and understood that it's charging a flat rate for all the brag, ain't it? Uh, but that that being what it is, you're going to see two offenses that are going to be similarly paced. So that's something where you're just going to play the game. I don't think you really augment your game for this team. But look for that team to have something to prove. Like, they got some hitters. Like, and I'm not trying to, you know, Touch the mother hitters because I'm down for my hitters. No, 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 no. They have dudes who can hit. Like I, I wasn't trying to use the N-word uh, and sneak that in under the cups. No, no, no. They, they have dudes who can, that can hit. And they, they got a little bit of um, pop. And they got a little bit of what for to them because some of these guys are guys they played against either high school or college or different levels. So the, the familiarity of this game it's not going to be lost. Like some of these guys will have played against each other in previous stops and at times may have been teammates. I mean, I, again, I just pointed out how one of their best corners played with our best linebacker, arguably. You can argue with your mom about if he's the best or not. But uh, <laughs> uh, just that that's where it is. Uh, but, but then, again, their offense is high power, though. They're averaging 400 yards each game. And they do pass more than they run, but they're also averaging 35 points per game. Now, the thing about this is, and Coach Simmons pointed out, and he said this, West Florida played teams that weren't very good. Like, I mean, you take that for what you mean it or for what you want it to be, but it is what it is. Like, when you're playing teams that are um, not that good, it's going to be what it's going to be. And in this case, we're able to see that West Florida played against two teams who weren't really good one of which they traveled like 11 hours to play and whipped them. Uh, but again, you also got to continue with the fact that this is a pretty stingy defense. Now it's a fairly young defense, but they, again, they have D one talent, but, and it's sprinkled across that team. You see a lot of transfers from top division two programs, but again, Troy, uh, Georgia Southern, but also they utilize access to the community college where you can get some of these guys who 
maybe play different other places and get some of them in there too. And I believe they had like a couple guys from North Dakota State, like some of those schools as well. So you're able to see where this team is actually probably better than you think they are. And one of the teams where even at the beginning of the season, before the season started, I pointed out, this is one of my games that I circled as a, yo, this could get scary. Uh, and this was a concern. Um, kind of looking at what I've seen FAMU on defense now, I'm not as concerned as I was three months ago. Just because <laughs> that defensive line, they like that. But now looking at what our offense can be, and to Coach Simmons' credit, he pointed this out again, the 220 meeting. Some of the receivers didn't run the routes the right way. Wasn't the only one to see that. I also felt like some of those receivers shouldn't have been running the routes they were running. Like, I'm, I'm not terribly crazy when I say that I don't love people that are my height running certain routes. That's just saying. You got, you know, Nick, Nick Dixon and some of those guys. We know Manning goes hurt. But you got some of those guys that are out there. And Coach Simmons pointed out this is the best receiving crew that we've had. And we saw kind of flashes from some guys. I'm just going to say, this could be a game where you could get 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 out the tools and tune up a little bit and maybe put some of those guys that may be further in the depth chart in some of those positions. Like, I'm looking at you, Gassett. I'm looking at him because no weird stuff, but he's a baller. Like, that dude's got it. Get the ball in his hands, and he's a problem. Kelvin Dean's another one. I think he's an underutilized back. And I think he's underutilized because you have Yan, you have Jennings. Those are your bruisers. But, man, throwing the ball to him out of the backfield, is that's a, that's a nightmare waiting to happen. Leland Willoyd, another one out of the backfield, a nightmare and a problem waiting to happen. And I think those are guys that really can help you stretch the defense, also help when Moose is reading the defense, help give him some outlets uh, because – we're going to see moments where the offensive line is going to have issues. We did lose alignment for the season uh, with fractured foot uh, was what was reported. We have another lineman that's kind of in and out due to sickness and, and illness and stuff. This is one of those games where I, if, if I'm being honest, what I would love for us to see five yards in a cloud of dust. I, I really would be here for it. If we can run the ball and can dominate the line of scrimmage, which I think fam, you can. This could be a game where by the fourth quarter, man, we over there getting pork chop sandwiches and, you know, candy apples and talking about the turkey leg man opposed to sweating. Because this is one of those games where they're going to have something to prove. And the way we seem to rotate corners, this is a game where a busted coverage or two can cost you. And, and I think that's something we saw. We saw in the last game, what happens when you have a completely busted coverage. But it's not a new thing because in the first game, Jackson State has a huge play on a busted coverage. So it's, it's a trend. It, it's something that we, we're seeing. And one of the things that we have to do is adjust. And, and let's get into our keys in the game, keys of the game. Keys of the game are going to be presented by Cable Busters TV. So who are you going to call? Cable Busters. 
NFL NBA pay-per-view. Look, I ain't going to speak ill on nobody, but look, I just got ESPN back. Uh, so 813-360-1902, CableBustersTV.com. I can tell you I don't have Cable Busters right now, but I'm about to get it. Um, me and the wife, you about to make that switch. But the keys to the game, you got to win the turnover battle. Like Willie Simmons said himself, and all of us who watch the game said it, five turnovers is way too many. Um, and some of it was effort. Some of it was poor ball placement. Some of it was just it not being there. Uh, I mean, I give credit to where credit is due. Quarterback was trying to throw people on the bus. Man, he better than me because some of y'all would have caught a fresh semi. Like, I'm just saying. It, it would have been it would have been what it was. And you would have been like, man, you threw me under the bus. And I'm like, you wasn't running. Uh, so we, we can see that coming. But you got to win turnover battle. And at this point in this game, until it gets to where you have a multi-score lead, I want to see the game played a little more conservatively. Just like with the OBC, I don't need any trick plays. I don't need no fancy stuff. Whip their tails and get out of there. Uh, that's what I really need. Let, let's, you know, celebrate after, shake hands, kiss babies, talk to friends we haven't seen in years, because I definitely will. But let's get in, get a win, and get out of there. That Those are the main things we need to focus on. Uh, also, limit big plays. Like, one of the things... FAMU has shown in the passing game is a willingness to give up big plays. And sometimes it's because the dude just falls down. Other times it's just because the dude gets lost in coverage. But we've seen in back-to-back games, so it's a trend, where deep balls can be a problem for some of our corners. And if sometimes if you put the ball in the right place, it's just what it is. We, we also have seen... And this is something I was talking to my dad about right before the show. So I didn't get to get as fresh as I like to get. Like, I like to be fresh, fresh. Um, but he calls, uh, you know, it pops. You only get one. So you got to love him while you got him. Um, so, but one of the things I noticed, Coach Simmons was pointing out that West Florida did stuff that they had never done before that we didn't see on film. We got to adjust. That's something that, that's not an uncommon statement. That's not my first time hearing that. We, we have to make sure that when teams show us things that we're not used to seeing, that we come up with something. And I, I felt like at halftime, we kind of adjusted, but we didn't adjust enough to, to really make it happen. But we saw it, and Coach Simmons pointed out, first drive, South Florida completely scratched their game plan and goes to something different. Family's got to be able to do the same. We have to be able to, when teams show us something that we're not used to seeing, that we can adjust and that we can maximize what this team can be. Otherwise, teams are going to come with that game plan. They're going to come in with, this is what we do. They're going to show it to you. When all those scripted plays happen, they're going to do what's on the script. And then when they realize it doesn't work, they change, they adjust. We don't. And it's going to be, well, we didn't see this on film. That's okay. But we've got to adjust to what they're doing in the game just a little better. And it's not a harsh critique. It's just I've heard it again. And so now it's like in hearing that, my thinking is, hmm, 
when we see things that we're not used to, how quickly are we adjusting? And that, that's just a self-scouting thing. And it's just, again, when this is the team you follow and when you're constantly kind of following, you're going to hear and you're going to notice things. So I, I did notice that. We also got to play with discipline. Like, go back and watch the game. That first half, it wasn't that bad penalty-wise. The second half is where we got into the hundreds of yards. But the first half, we actually had fewer penalty yards than South Florida. West Florida had over 150 yards. I think it was like 156 yards in penalties last game. That's huge. That, that states that to me and shows that not that this team is undisciplined, but they're probably unsure of some of what they're doing. They could be undisciplined. You got a first-year coach, but at the same point, some of this means to me South uh, West Florida is going to give you give up some penalties. You have to give up fewer penalties. And one of the big penalties that we had in the game were hands to the face. I know Willie Simmons is cool with living with that. Pisses me off. I'm not going to lie. Like, I get it. It's an effort penalty. But at the same point, it's a controllable penalty. And once you kind of start to realize you may have to change your target, you may have to change the strike zone where you're trying to hit someone just to make sure that you avoid that penalty. Uh, also, we got to win the line of scrimmage. Like, that, that's huge. That That's common sense. It's going to be the most oversaid thing in almost all of football that you have to win the line of scrimmage. But it is what it is. Like, you got to do it. I right, moving right along. Lastly, you got to get an early lead. Family is different when we get a lead. Like, even go to the South Florida game. We kind of got that early lead. We, we got a little confident. But then we got to continue to do what works and find what works. And we do realize one of the things that works against us is man coverage. I pointed that out. I was like, can we get up to jail? We did, actually. Like, we actually did a fairly good job of getting to our routes and, like, getting off the jam. We weren't just getting stuck at the line. It's not the Jackson State game from a few years ago. Um, you know, it, it was nice to get that 18 for a win, though. But, fam, uh, <laughs> it's different when we get an early lead. Get an early lead. We saw that in this year's Jackson State game, you know, the one we won by 18. Uh, so that's something that we need to do again, though. Get an early lead just so that if things go awry, you can just sit on the lead. And it's almost like a sleeper hold. Like you put a team, you put somebody's sleeper hold, and once you got it locked in, all you gotta do is lean back and just hold it. And that's kind of what we need to do. Get a lead. You know, after you get a lead, then you do a, you know, give me one or two cute plays. You want to run a reverse then when we up two touchdowns? I mean, I don't need it, but, you know, I'm not throwing stuff. Now, we up three touchdowns, four touchdowns. You, you call them two, three trick plays. I'm laughing at it. Because if you do throw a pick, it's like, okay, we gave up one. Cool. But, you know, 10, 10 to 7, man, it'll be cute. Give me some hard noise, hard nose football straight up. And like I said, get a lead early and keep a lead. Main thing is you're trying to put them away early and put them in a position where they're frantic, where they're making mistakes because they are going to throw the ball more. But you have a secondary 
that can be dominant. And I, I don't like using that term because you already know why, if you know me. Well, we, we have a secondary that can make you make mistakes. And a lot of it is because, as we pointed out, FAMU pretty much rushes with four defensive linemen. We depend on interior linemen to try to generate a double, a double team and then let the outside linemen go one-on-one against tackles. We, we had a good amount of sacks against South Florida. I don't think it's going to be very different against West Florida. I think it's going to be one of those games where one of their linemen is going to have a good game. But you're going against a really solid defensive line at Florida A&M University, and it's, that's going to be the difference in the game. Family's linebackers, they're going to linebacker. They're going to tackle. And Willie Simmons even said it. We don't really blitz with them. Told you that. I'd look, you can listen to the Fangs Up podcast, and I'll be scouting. I self-scout. But you, we don't really blitz a lot from the linebacker position. And at times, we did use our spies. This is a game where I don't think you're going to need the spy as much. You're probably going to be able to blitz four, drop seven. You know, keep somebody in coverage over the middle. Then as the game goes on, you want to get a little freaky. You know, bleak from the cor- blitz from the corners, blitz from the safeties. You know, just throw some different stuff in there to make the quarterback uncomfortable. Uh, that's just me. I, I I think like that. I li- I like the blitz, and I love the fact that we are running a zone in this case because I think the fact they throw it so much, the windows are going to be tight. You have athletic corners, you have oversized safeties, linebackers that are fair size. You know, they're not huge, but they're big enough to get the job done. This is a game where FAMU could really, it's either going to be sugar or feces. And, you know, it's it's going to be either one. It's going to be either a game where by the end of the game, you're up by 20 and you're like, I didn't expect to be up this much, or it's a nail biter. And you over here like, WTF, what the freak is going on? Like, why is this game so close? This is a Division II team, first-year head coach. How are they competing with us like this? So it's going to be really interesting to see um, just how this game plays out. And and then the other part is the fan experience. Like, what's the attendance going to be like? Uh, we did a little over-under with OG as far as, you know, what numbers did you have? Um it was funny, like, Kelvin and I both came in about 15. Like, I'm thinking like 14, 15,000. Because uh, Bracken sit 20. But the thing is, you go to Ticketmaster, you still see a lot of open seats. You kind of see a late uh, push to sell tickets. I mean, it kind of comes out this week. Respectfully, that probably should have been done a month or two ago. Uh, still hearing some people are struggling to receive their tickets. And that's disheartening because at this point in the season, you would hope that everyone who did purchase tickets has gotten tickets. And then, of course, uh, you know, the parking situation. Like some people bought ticket packages that include parking and they're like, where's my parking? So it's it's an uh, interesting time. And it's going to be really the AD's first test, first time being tested under the medal as an AD for a home game. I, I think that's one of the things that I loved when we did the ONG strike zone and we kind of did the round table was she'll be judged by her first game. Not so much of everything else because the compliance stuff, 
AD Sykes has gotten that under wraps. I mean, between her and um, Dr. Robinson, sorry, it was the Kofi behind me. I'm blaming Kofi. I look, I, he had a switch, he had a belt, he was ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Dr. Robinson, they've actually improved. Like, I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, the housing situation, we didn't have that this year, not like last year. The APR situation, as far as like the students being accredited and stuff like that, didn't have that issue. She came in and do what she needed to do there. Now, when this is the part that's you know a little little different, how is AD Sykes going to do hosting her first home game? Not being there, we saw her there. Uh, what was that um, homecoming last year? She was there. Charlie Neal, all that. So her first game after pretty much being named at AD, Charlie Neal was there. Her first game, home game as AD, Charlie Neal is going to be there. Really interesting. It could be a cool story if you if you follow that and if you want to tell that. But that's going to be something to see. Like how well is the game produced? We, I ain't gonna say we all. We have seen. I have seen when an AD has a game that's well structured. I've also seen when it's a cluster, and it's like. Yo, this don't look good. Uh, hopefully, this is one that looks good. There are going to be some snafus. Uh, again, it's your first time doing stuff. So it being your first time, I expect mistakes. I mean, look, I, I've delved into a first-time position. I've made mistakes. So, And I appreciate those who are patient enough with me to understand that, yo, this is my first time. I'm still learning. I think you're going to get a little bit of that. Uh, we do understand, though, this is FAMU. We got, we got standards. We like plies. I got standards. <laughs> like, like we, we got high standards at FAMU. And we're a tough crowd. We're a tough audience. And at the same point, if it's not done right, we are those people that I ain't doing this next year. So it's imperative that this first game goes off well and that this season goes well. And if it doesn't go perfect the first game, by the end of the season, it's made right. I think going forward, I'll make the suggestion, and I said it previously. Uh, Brother Swope said it similar. We should have different degrees of ticket packages. General admission for 80% of the stadium, that, that ain't it. So, what's up, family? Dwayne Sweet, I see you, good brother. What's up, man? I, but I'm just saying, I think especially the northern end zones, not the north end zone area where you had, you know, the lobster and shrimp and the liquor, but the side areas, the north end zone sides, probably charge a little less money on those sides just because they don't normally fill up as much. Like, because one of the things, and and I give credit where credit is due. Again, I I, I graduate I graduate degree in history from FAMU, um, and so I'm gonna cite Kelvin Rozier on this one. And he said this at the uh, OBC, not OBC, the game in Tampa last week. Sometimes you just got to get the people into the stadium. You got to get them through the gate and let them buy concessions. Like sometimes you got to have a movie theater mentality. Like one of the things about movie theaters, and I, I used to work at Challenger Center at Florida a and um, I was a famed employee. We didn't make any money off movie tickets, but concessions, man, I was bust you over the head. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I had brought some little penny candies in there. I was charging a quarter for them. And it was like, oh, man, this don't add up. You know, it's 
you charging a quarter. It's a little penny candies. And all of a sudden, they're like, your number is like, I told y'all. I did look, this costs five cents. I'm charging 25. I'm I'm five time in it. Um, do I know how many tickets were sold? I do not. I don't know. Uh look, look, it drops. If you got questions, definitely hit a brother up. Um fangs up podcast gmail.com. Definitely ask. Um, if I can, I'll ask. Um, if it's a question I can ask, I'll definitely ask. But I don't know how many season tickets were sold. Uh, I do know that AD Sykes in the black though. So uh, she did say that. Uh, I was late to the booster meeting earlier this week. I think that was Tuesday. So I can't tell you everything she said. Um, I couldn't tell you everything she said anyway, but I was late to the meeting. So um, I missed a lot of what she said this week. But in previous meetings, she stated that she is in the black for the football season and that she's pretty much hit her mark for season tickets. So for me, my thing is, I, I, I'm going to say it's like this for Bragg. I would like for Bragg to consistently have 17,000 per game, barring like hurricanes or whatever. But I would like for that to be our number. And season ticket-wise, I would like us to hit about ten to 15,000 on season tickets. Even in Rattler, why are you doing that? Look, all these beautiful Rattlers, all this beautiful orange and green, I love it. I love it. Um, but that's going to be an interesting thing. If you have not gotten your tickets, your investing package, uh, investing in champion stuff, look, reach out to the ticket office. Don't wait till the day of the game. Today is Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. I'm not trying to send y'all in droves. But at the same point, if you ain't got your stuff, you pay for your stuff, go get your stuff. Like call somebody and tell them. That was one of the things I did catch AD Sykes ask. Uh, during the game, during the meeting, she was like, who don't have their tickets? Um, so who hasn't got their stuff? So she was she was trying to check that and she was trying to be accountable for that. So I, I'll give her credit where credit is due. I did kind of um, chide her a little bit on the sideline um, on Saturday. Just like, yo, you're pretty cool. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a paraphraser, but you're a pretty cool person. Like she's approachable uh, and she's willing to listen. So um, if you do have tickets, issues again contact ticket office and then make it known like don't just drop it on social media and talk greasy about the situation like let some of the powers that be know so that we can fix some of this or they can fix it i should say that also i forgot to drop it in here look you know what i got my phone here y'all got to forgive me um let me see let me go here uh this is not the podcasting <laughs> Uh, but oh banners here we go brand all right so the boosters are going to have an event and let me add it to the doodad here so i can hype it up they're going to have a rattler roundup and they're going to be celebrating and trying to do something so it's actually a joint initiative with the rattler boosters and the family national alumni association tickets are ten dollars you're able to see us at the Holiday Inn at Appalachian Parkway. If you're not familiar, that's not too far from the Governor's Square Mall. That's really on the east side of town. So east side of Tallahassee, Friday, September 15th, 6 to 10 p.m. You can see that they are having a cash bar, food, raffle tickets. And currently, the Rattler Boosters get money by you making donations to them. But they're going to see if they can change some of that. The National Alumni Association gets money off of your donations. So 
If you're not familiar, uh, shameless plug, I do help them on both two of their social medias, both of them. So, you know, I'd rather be honest and tell you a lie than make it feel, make it seem like I'm doing something I'm not. So, um, but it, it's going to be interesting. Also, post game, after the game, I'll double check with Kelvin and Brian, but they are doing a set to do a post game instant reaction. And we're going to run that as long as we have that going on. We're going to run that on the Fangs Up Twitter page, Fangs Up Facebook, Fangs Up YouTube page. Um, I didn't ask for permission from HBCU Digital to run on their stuff. So I won't put it on their networks out of respect uh, just because they're two different networks. Uh, but we will be doing simulcast, supercast, where you're going to get two of the biggest uh, FAMU followers and people with FAMU followings. We're going to come back together and we're going to do this post game and we're going to do it on both Fangs Up and ONG Strike Zones Network. So, man, we're going to make it happen post game. And then Sunday, we're going to do our post game re reaction after I get back here, down here in the uh, city, beautiful. But I will be leaving tomorrow. So I look forward to seeing y'all. I got to, this is Brian. See, you, you ride with me or what? What's going on? So we family down here. Um, oh, I see another question. Do you know AD Sykes' email address? I don't. I ain't gonna lie to you on that one. If I did, I, I would have been had her on the show. I normally just, uh, I catch her in the meeting and ask her questions. Like, I don't ask her things or questions, though. It's always like, for the purpose of Rattler Boosters, because honestly, when I'm there, I'm not here for this podcast. Uh, I, I'm here to help the Rattler Boosters or the National Alumni Association. So, excuse me, I'm at some water. So, <clears throat> sorry. So I try to be respectful that the fact that they trust me enough to uh, help with their social media, that I shouldn't be doing things up stuff during booster meetings. But when I hear stuff, I put it back here. And when it comes out later, you know, or it's about to come out, I, I might let y'all know some stuff. Yeah. But no, I don't have a direct email. Um, but if you can, you can definitely send your stuff and I'll see if I can share, see if I can get some answers for you. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's what it is with that one, though. Like, I'd rather tell you the truth than lie to you. Uh, so that being stated, though, y'all, ooh. It's getting late. It's almost nine o'clock, man. We got to get ready. They are going to have a huge day um, tomorrow. Again, FAMU Athletics is getting ready to play the University of West Florida. Uh, Friday, if you're in town, I ain't going to lie, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and it's not because I don't want to get there, but it's because I ain't going to get there until it's over. So, um, But the Rattler Roundup, FAMU versus West Florida celebration is going to be happening at the Holiday Inn 2003. That was an amazing year. Appalachian Parkway, Tallahassee, Florida, 32301. Tickets are $10. They have food, cash bar, raffle prizes, and the proceeds are going to go to the FAMU National Alumni Association, and the boosters are supposed to be taking um, donations there as well. So it's, it's going to be an opportunity to celebrate. Also, pregame, they're supposed to be unveiling the field, celebrating Ken Riley, NFL Hall of Famer Ken Riley. And uh, his family supposedly supposed to be there as well. Got that on round one today when I did the show with uh, St. Clair Moraine. And uh, man, look, 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 look who I saw at the game. 
And he was on the show today too, man. Look, just just check him out. Quarterback five. Look, quarterback Omega. Sorry, like check him out. So you know, it's just you know, if you know, you know type deal. He's probably over there on our on uh, HBCU nightly right now. So, but um, man, great time. Look forward to talking to y'all and the instant reaction. Um, doubt we're gonna do a pre-show. We're gonna do an instant reaction. And when I get home, we're gonna stop at a restaurant. I got to double check what restaurant I said I'm gonna stop at. Take some pictures. Might even see if I can get some of the people on the show to talk about their spot. Uh, so good times to be had. See y'all Saturday. Hopefully after a win at Bragg Memorial Stadium at Ken Raleigh Field in Tallahassee, Florida, from the highest of seven hills in my hometown and your state capital if you're from Florida, Tallahassee, Florida. So it's always going to be, y'all already know, things up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it?